Friends, it is my huge privilege this week to get to introduce you to an amazing family, someone that I hadn't seen in about four or so years uh, that I met up with at a festival in New Zealand uh, and immediately said, can I just interview you so I can hear all about your story? Uh, the story that you're going to hear is, um, is amazing uh, and inspiring. And I just want to put up front uh, that these guys, as you hear their story, kind of seeing them and glimpsing what they're doing through their vlog that we'll talk a lot about on this on this podcast, um, it could be worthwhile that if you have a chance now at the start, if you want to pause this and go and look at uh, the trailer of their vlog and a few of their videos to get a grasp of, of what they're doing and who this family is, could be really worthwhile. You can see their vlog at, uh, if you look up Ordinary Extraordinary on YouTube, uh, and I know that you're going to want to after you hear this interview. But even at the start, if you look that up, uh, I think would be a really fantastic thing to do. The other thing is that that I want to put out there straight away at the start is um, these guys are raising money, a crowdfunding at the moment uh, to take what they are doing uh, again, which you'll hear about on this interview and kind of exploding that even more. And they're going to be traveling the world and vlogging this with their two beautiful boys. Uh, vlogging their journey and trying to um, basically their crowdfunding to get money for a bunch of treatments um, for their kids. So it's a massive thing to do. And if you can and want to support their crowdfunding, uh, please do. Again, look up Ordinary Extraordinary on Facebook uh, and they have a thing called Ordinary Extraordinary Challenge, uh, which you can do to help raise money for them. Um, whatever you can do to support this family, you're going to love them. Uh, let's hear a little bit about them and we will get into this episode. We're the Dove Londons, a young family who've jumped ship on normal life and embarked on the quest of a lifetime, celebrating the ordinary, wonderful things of life, which can sometimes be extraordinary. first three years of our family life have been pretty rough and as our boys still face much uncertainty and disability, we've decided it would take a village to go the distance on this wild ride we're on. So join us on this journey as we share a little story of adventures and healing, even though honestly we have no idea where this journey will take us. The Deep Place on Creativity and Spirituality. My name is Joy Prouty. And I'm Joel McCarrow. Welcome to our podcast. I'd never seen a child in a wheelchair before I'd had my kids. Wow. Um, and so, you know, sometimes you ask, where, where are all the people with disabilities? And, you know, then you ask these deeper questions around accessibility and the world that we've created. I get really, um, I don't I find it really tricky when the medical world will tell new parents this terrible news about labels and define a child's life with a label. And I just, again, want to shout from the rooftops, it's a human. 
This is a person. I am here at Natiawa River Monastery, which is a beautiful, incredible, it's actually one of my most beloved places in the world. Um, and I am here with Jess London. Jess Dove London. Jess Dove London. <laughs> did you change that? Yeah. When did that, when did you change that? In the last that? four years. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow, I had no idea. And that's, you had already been married, so you didn't change it because of marriage. No. You, can I, is it, I want to hear why you changed it. Is this where we started? Or did, no, we can, can we, we'll come to that it'll, later, it'll will we? It'll come in the story. Okay, yeah, cool. That's our teaser. Why? I'm here with Jess Dove London, who I didn't even know she changed her name because we haven't seen each other in... Four to five years. Four to maybe. five years, Yeah. 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 And lots happened in that time. <laughs> we'll get to that in a sec. But we first, will. so people know who you are, yes. um, Jess Dove London, <laughs> um, can you tell us who, who are you? What does life look like? What mm. do you do? What's your creativity? Mm. Well, I am a mother, which is what's happened since I've seen you. Yes, yeah. um, and I have two twin-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old boys. And I, our family actually produces a weekly vlog and we have a YouTube channel mm. and we also have a variety of other online mediums. Um, I think my own creativity, I express through painting wow. and I write poetry and I write um, some of which gets published. I mean, much that does not. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But um, writing is definitely my um my thing and our vlog is our family's creative expression. Um, yeah, so yeah, we're cool. really new to um, being more out there as a family. So we started a vlog, it was the end of October, so what, four and a bit months ago. Yeah. And it's a pretty weird, wonderful world <laughs> starting a YouTube channel. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's actually a science. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's not just about producing great quality, but um, it's been a real journey working out what is our family story and mm. what how, what are we going to share? Our, our, we parent two kids with cerebral palsy and we feel like who they are is such a gift yeah. that we wanted to share that um, and take people on the journey that we are on. Wow. Which is a bit Through epic a at vlog, times. A vlog of all things. <laughs> a vlog of all things. And the, the irony of it all is my husband was a filmmaker and he can't stand watching vlogs. You know, he, yeah. But anyway, that's what our family does. Wow. What's your vlog called? It's called Ordinary Extraordinary. Yeah, right. And um, I guess the feeling, I mean, it's so hard to name these things. Yeah. But the idea sort of came to us that, and the gift that we think our boys offer is that anything, for them, ordinary things are extraordinary. Yeah. And we've had these moments of just unbelievable joy and life in yeah. its fullness of richness. Yeah. Um. By a sound, you know, when our deaf sound made his first pronounced sound, wow. you know, just weeping of joy. And we, you know, lived next door to people who knew our story and they're in the street crying. And, you know, we've had wow. these moments throughout our journey. Yeah. Um, so we just, and also maybe that hope that we can help others see how the ordinary can be extraordinary. Yeah. Being present, zoned in, um, to what we all have because we all are on different stories. 
That's great. Mm. And you said it's a, what do you mean by it's a science? What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, when I started, I was pretty naive to yeah. uh, how this stuff works. I yeah, thought, yeah. well, yeah, Tim's great at video, you know, we'll, we'll get there. But realizing that there's a lot to learn, mm. um, how to, how to, how to create good video and, um, how do we share that with the world and, mm. and how do we have boundaries of what we're willing to share and what we're mm. not willing to share? Yeah, that's really interesting it's in the creative world. Like mm. so much of, especially with this podcast being about the deep things of life, mm. but I have often experienced in poetry world, um, kind of the re- poetry becomes this way of processing through the deep things in our mm. lives, the painful things, the hard things, the joyful things. But then you see people... Is it oversharing or is it maybe it's just that they don't have those boundaries of mm. this is this is what I can share and this is what I need to keep for myself because I'm still in the process of it? Mm. Is that the kind of Yeah, thing? and also just knowing that our kids haven't consented uh, of course. to what we're creating and yeah. that, you know, we are still working on how to tell them parts of their story. Yeah. And there are parts of our story which are very dramatic and yeah. um, painful. Yeah. And um, yeah, how do we carefully share things that are, you know it's just such yeah. a tension that we yeah, hold yeah. and also you know I was talking to someone just before about this this our our channel is very joyful and yeah, happy wow. um and that's our angle that we've chosen because we want to we want to show a snapshot of something dignifying yes, and we want our kids to be course. proud of it yeah. and so knowing then that that means well you're not going to get the whole story yeah because not every part of any of our lives are all dignified yeah yeah <laughs> Um, but I'm exploring my own, you know, I write and I'm going to start a few mm. of my own. I've got a few projects in the bank where I'm going to share my own journey. Cool. You know, a bit more deep. That's exciting. That's <laughs> different exciting. deep. Joy yeah, can be deep. deep. Joy yeah, can be very totally. profoundly deep. Yeah. And as we're at this um, festival called Passion Fest at the mm. moment, and as we've been around, uh, we just did a panel together and a bunch of people are coming up going, oh, it's the video. It's the <laughs> famous video. Uh, so one, uh, you, it's gone viral recently. Is that right? Uh, <laughs> well, we're one video. I mean, yeah. One video has gone viral. We're babies in YouTube. We yeah. just hit 400,000 views. But it's still baby world. That's great. Yeah, it's great. I mean, yeah. we're four months in. We're yeah. learning heaps. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's why it is a bit of a science. Yeah. Learning how to um, share our stuff. But, no, I'm really encouraged. Like, we're, we're growing heaps at the moment. That's great. And, um, I mean, the craziest thing of it all is when you start these projects, you know, you can have so much, you know, there's such a stepping out that mm. you need to step out and just mm. not even know what your foot is going to land on. Mm. And sharing our boys and the vulnerability of our story had so much of a stepping out. Yeah. But we have just been like lavishly rained mm. on mm. with encouragement. Wow. You know, ridiculously amount, like uh, ridiculously, it's a great sentence. Um, yeah, overwhelmed in, yeah. Um, in how we've been received. That's so good. How <laughs> so, you know, share your criticisms, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Just joking. But, yeah, the courage um, to take because it's one thing to create mm. and then the courage to put it out into the world is a total another yeah. thing. And the, and the courage to not just put it out in a small way but to do the work. Like it's hard work, it's hard to, work. to get to even 400,000 views or whatever in, in four months means that you are – um, part of it is the luck of, in some ways, luck. In some ways, it's moving someone and they begin to share it and they begin to share it and it becomes a viral thing. But it's 
it's choosing to do the work to get that stuff out there so that it can hit that point where something as magical as going viral or whatever happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I reckon it's 2% luck. You know, yeah, yeah. like just from even four months of YouTubing, yeah, and and maybe you know some. I think Tim's great at what he does, even though he thinks what he produces is never good enough. Yeah, but we don't have much time to do it. So, yeah. Mate, can you share some yep. of that story with yeah, us? Yeah, yeah, um, So just yeah. so that I can, because I haven't got to hear the story. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard some of it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And been following a bit and stuff, but I'd love to hear some of, yeah, maybe share with us some of your story. Yeah, yeah so I think um, as an overview, we were pregnant with twins mm. and from about 22 weeks we had a scan. We actually didn't know we were having twins because right. we had a late scan that didn't pick it up and from that scan at 22 weeks we knew that there was a very serious health problem for one of our boys yeah um and so from then until now we've been on a roller coaster of um medical complication and disability Mm -hmm. um so very tricky pregnancy and then my boys came early and they both have a really rare syndrome called Beckwith-Wiedemann syndrome Back. Yeah, just BWS, I right. don't know, like to call it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, and they came early and, yeah, it was, um, you know, you can think that you know something when it's coming, that you can prepare for it, but you really can't mm. with the big, hardest parts of life. I mean, maybe it was good that we had a, we did know we were going to have a period of intensive care, but um, our son was particularly sick for his, you know, he pretty much was the, the exception, which you right. never always want to be when you're in intensive care. Um, mm. So, yeah, we had initially five months in ICU and we left hospital with a very one very sick child. Wow. So he was on a breathing machine and, you know, he was just continually not breathing properly all day long. So we were monitoring him and resuscitating him at home and wow. all these things that you never want to have to do to your mm. child. Yeah. And, I mean, we were really in survival. Like, I was living minute to minute. Yeah. Um, I think having two children who were sick really just, you know, stretched me beyond a mat, uh, them, beyond what I thought I could endure. Mm. Um, but I guess the gift of parenting is the love, you know, yeah. the love just carried us through. Yeah. So we, yeah, we, we left hospital and then we went back and it was another very traumatic period in hospital. It was meant to be quite short and end up being months and right. so huge surgeries. Yeah. And the surgery or? went wrong and there was just one thing after another. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we can honestly say for one of our boys, he, you know, he could have died 20 times in front of me. Wow. But he didn't. Wow. And um, we lost friends along the way um, who lost their children. So, um, you know, holding that pain with them um, and knowing, you know, how much we got and how much we have wow. each day. Um, and then from sort of the longer term stuff for us began when our one son was diagnosed that he was deaf, um, you know, and that was, you know, for us at the time, he had a problem with his airway, which he sadly you know, um, I mean, I laugh at these things. You might need to edit them out because you do develop a really black humour yeah. at the deepest pain because that's yeah. how you survive it. Yeah. Um, I mean, me and my friend, yeah. kids are sick kids, you know, we just laugh at the utter horror of our life sometimes because, yeah. you, you, you know, you weep. Yeah. 
and you know somehow yeah. you get through it. You, but you need the joy. You need to you get know, through. Gotta it get, the, you know, yeah. cope through. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. then you know we definitely transitioned out of a survival stage. So probably maybe when the boys were just before two. Um, um, and amongst this whole thing, we actually bought a bus because we had this dream of building a tiny house bus. I mean, I don't know wow. where the hell that came from. Um, yeah. In the middle of all this, you bought a bus to make into a tiny yeah. home. Wow. Don't do it. <laughs> not not <laughs> so, recommended. So it? much work. Um, but, you know, I guess this idea again, this hope that we would come through this time. Yeah. And that we could take our kids to the wild, wonderful places of nature. Yeah. Um, and that we could heal together. Mm. But anyway, we, yeah. And then from about two, our boys that were both dif- diagnosed with cerebral palsy at different they both actually have different types of cerebral palsy and they were diagnosed at different times. Yeah. Um, which was really tricky and still is really tricky. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we are now three and a half years on from having our boys and, yeah, life is intense. Yeah. In every way imaginable. Yeah. <laughs> it, having three and a half year old toddlers <laughs> at the best intense. of times is intense. Yeah, it's intense. And with them with, with high needs and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I guess, um, for, yeah, our, our vlog probably, you know, they are ridiculously affectionate and creative yeah. and imaginary children. Yeah, and tell you me just... about your kids. <laughs> well, River. So River's probably had the hardest medical journey. He's yeah. had, I don't know, 10 major surgeries and yeah. all these full-on things happen to him and he still um, has chronic pneumonia. Yeah. And he's so adventurous yeah. and he's so determined and he's so focused and, um, you know, he's got a really quirky sense of humour yeah. and um, we just don't, we just, he, we marvel at him and he's so full of life. Yeah. Um, so sharing that with the world feels like meant to be, you know, mm. I just feel like. Yeah, yeah, he is just who he is. I, I don't know. He's so resilient. Yeah. Um, and then our other son, Zach. So Zach had a less traumatic um, journey, but he had other, I mean, he has cerebral palsy and he's got some other health issues. Yeah. He is our imagination child. Like right. big, big ideas, so articulate, so emotionally wow. tuned in. Like from when he was first talking, he could remember people's names that I couldn't remember. And wow. He's very tuned in. Like, he'll tune yeah. right in on you and your emotions. And Wow. Yeah, he's quite remarkable. I'm, I'm wondering what you've learned from kind of becoming part of a the community that you in some ways never want to be a part of mm. to to mm. be um parents of of kids with these disabilities but um what i'm wondering is what it, what if going from an able-bodied world mm. and being flung into a world where you have met and you know mm. and um experience yourself and are now part of communities um with lots of people with kids with disabilities all that mm. kind of stuff um what did you I'm, I'm just wondering what you've learned becoming part of <laughs> do you know what i mean how many hours do we have yeah <laughs> yeah um from the beginning we were lucky enough to have a cohort of parents around us yeah. who had children in intensive care and 
you know, the depth of that connection mm. will never be gone. Mm. You know, when I see these people, when we look at each other's children, when mm. we grieve the lost ones that aren't there, mm. um, I feel very honoured to be a part of their story and mm. to be a voice into, you know, each other's life and mm. the love we feel for each other and our kids. Um, yeah, I think, you know, there was just so much strength shared with me mm. um, and it's taught me so much. I mean, I've just feel like I've been rewritten as a human mostly mm. from all the pain. Mm. But um, just what they offered me um, when I've not had enough strength and a lot of courage and a lot of strength and knowing that we could do it, knowing yeah. that love could carry us, knowing mm. that redemption is possible. Mm. Um, you know, there's been some significant moments when I've met other parents who are maybe a little bit further down the road than us emotionally mm. and just the courage I've gotten from them mm. and the acceptance that they show and then the ability to be able to look at our children and just marvel at mm. what they bring mm. in their differences. Um, you know, it just it feels, yeah, very sacred. Yeah. Someone was talking about their um, autistic kid um, and how, um, like, immediately, and you would have faced this as well, immediately even as soon as you say cerebral palsy, there's a, a label that's placed on mm. someone. Mm. And they were talking about their autistic kid and how the label is placed on them. But their kid is so much larger than the labels yeah. that, we, that we place yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in society, we're so addicted to those labels mm. and mm. to, um, like, cerebral palsy, therefore. Yeah, yeah. You are this or you can't do this. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And your kids, I'm guessing, have broken that. Like, they break Diff- that. Every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, the labelling is really tricky. Yeah. Really tricky because I think about this a lot and I think mm. about like I guess all I hope is that my f- kids have friends who know them mm. for them, not for labels. Yeah. Um, yet knowing how helpful labels are in some medical aspects of treatment and of course. all yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff. But then yeah. socially, you know, and, and for us, even going online and sharing our stories, we use the word cerebral palsy. Yeah. But, you know, we our kids actually don't even use that language right. yet. Um, and I'm yeah. trying at the moment, I'm actually thinking up how do I creatively tell them their story without labels. Wow. But letting them know the labels are there. Yeah. But that they're not, they're just but one. they're bigger than the labels. Yeah. Yeah. So not telling them that something's wrong with them because, you know, they're amazing. Um, but some things are harder for them to do. That's right. Um, yet they are also more resilient than many people. Yeah. Um, and they're really strong and they're yeah. determined and these other qualities that come out of, bad, you know, tough times. Yeah. Um, sensitive, all these qualities. Yeah. Going through all of this, obviously your life essentially just stops mm-hmm. uh, and focuses <laughs> totally on the, on these kids. Um, creatively, did things just stop for you? <laughs> and it's only been the last few months where you've begun to pick up creative stuff again. Or has the did creativity help you through this time? Or was it like it was just not mm. even? I just had to get from one mm. moment to the next. Mm. Well, it's funny. When I was at first in intensive care, I started journaling every night. Um, another parent who I'd met who'd had been in a similar situation just gave me this advice. 
And I journaled up until a very traumatic event. Right. Because um, River got sicker at 100 days and um, needed to be resuscitated about 10 times a day for two weeks. Um, so from then I just went off, like turned off, you know. Right. No processing. Yeah. Total survival. Yeah. Um, and probably for at least six months, just nothing. Yeah. You know, I couldn't hear anything. I'd... I just avoided, you know, I just was, had to be, that's what my body did. My body protected me, kept me going, got me up each day. Um, But then I have this memory of walking um, my one son when my other son was still in hospital. And it was like, um, I actually wrote a poem about it, like, it, it was called New Life Rises. And it's this thought and this idea that the spirit comes to me, you know, this spirit of hope, spirit of love can come in these places of despair and it just lifted me like to know that new life can rise anywhere you land yeah so that was kind of the beginning and I I just started writing poetry Um, and you know it was really processing and coping Um, and I shared sometimes with other parents in my community very Mm. Quietly, <laughs> you know, because the you know I just felt very vulnerable yeah, in what I'd written. Yeah. Um, yeah, and definitely writing at that point was just such a gift. You know, I actually used to have we used to as a, just to paint a picture of what our life was like, um, and we were in intensive care between intensive care and this other unit, and we had about five different things going on for my son, comp- like with medical complications, including cancer and organ removal and blah, blah, blah. Wow. Um, and we'd, I'd wake up with my one twin. I'd put him in the pram. You know, he was up through the night feeding because, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. I'm a new parent. And, like, I'd take my six-month-old baby, r- go into the hospital at 7. Tim, my husband, had had no sleep, just waking through the night because they were actually doing hourly obs wow. on our son. So he'd get wow. really distressed. Um he would just run off with Zach to get coffees. You know, these incredibly intense, stressful, exhausting days, you know, mm. where they're t- you're meeting with doctors and being told all this terrible news and all these things. And then I'd get home and I'd put my son to bed and it would be like nine at night and I'd sit there with my phone and just write. Wow. And it became like a bit of a survival. A method. ritual. Yeah, a ritual. Mm. Um but, you know, it took me a long time to get there. Maybe that was month nine of them being alive. In the beginning, I couldn't do that. Anyway, and fast forward maybe like another year, um, I actually started, um, both my husband and I have PTSD um, and I just didn't know how to process. And, you know, PTSD is so interesting because you can think it presents in one way. And I think most parents who've had very sick children, if you've watched them nearly die, you, yeah. you know, any trauma in front of you, Many, most of us maybe have seen trauma. I don't, I don't, I'm just rambling, edit this all out, Joel. Um, but I recognised that I needed a creative way of processing. Mm. So I actually went to this amazing place in Wellington City that offers art for anyone who's dealing with um, mental health. And wow. you don't have to tell them anything, which is yeah. kind of what I loved. Yeah. Because, you know, one of the things when you're not coping is talking about it is so threatening. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, I just started going weekly and these guys, the art tutors really pushed process like would turn your work upside down, tell you to rip it up and really? like wow. and it was exactly what I needed and wow. I would actually deliberately not process my trauma. I would just 
have a positive experience, yeah. listen to music that I yeah. love, um, and I would just get paint and mediums and just and deliberately not try and share what it looked like at the end just because I didn't just want create. just wanted to create. Yeah. So that was really the beginning for me in another way because I used to paint um, and on a really side random note, um, I've never really loved abstract art, like right. or really, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and still I wouldn't love all of it, but I've started loving it. <laughs> Why? What's the difference? What's the, like what changed? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the colour and the drama and the yeah. contrast speaks to my soul wow. and my pain and my yeah. hope. And yeah, so anyway, in this whole time I've actually become... And my work has been um, been abstract. Wow. Um, you know, and, and that's where I, I've headed in my art. And um, but yeah. You, but you specifically chose as you were doing all that not to show anyone. Like you. <laughs> I did show. I showed my husband right. and my mum's a painter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I chose to not let the end product be my guide mm. or my mirror, mm. because if I did, one, the end product was never as good. <laughs> It never is, is it? <laughs> it's the like process. It's the coming yeah. out. It's that yeah. I would sometimes create these works that I'd be like, how did I get there? But it speaks, huh. you know, and it's funny. Mm. There was a woman I painted with who'd had a really, you know, colourful, tr- troubled period in her life and she was a brilliant artist. Yeah. And one day I was doing this huge painting that, and just going crazy in my mind and I stopped and had lunch and I came back and she's like, you effed that up. <laughs> She's like, did you start thinking? And I'm like, I did. Oh, uh, yeah. Too she's much like, thinking. She's like, that was incredible, but Jess, come on. You screwed it up. <laughs> and I loved it because it's true. You know, I didn't yeah. have any critical mind in it. Yeah, yeah. We all have these moments maybe mm. where you can be doing something creative and it, you go to this outside of your mind. Mm. So creativity during this time was a, a processing, a yeah. therapeutic for a while yeah. and then with the painting was just a getting away in some ways <laughs> yes, from everything, like yes. an escape into you yeah. needed to escape yeah, from yeah. the reality of life yeah. at that point. And, and positive experiences. Like I think yeah. that would be something that for anyone who is in a really un, a really hard space, mm. whether it be because of situational mental health, you need positive experiences every day yeah. to be able to cope. Whether that is watching television that's mm. uplifting, mm. you know, removing the judge inside of you because mm. um, you might need that to actually have more balance because your life is not giving you that positive input. Mm. And so to release yourself, to go, what is going to make me have positive emotions? Um, and that's so totally different to zoning out. Mm. Um, Absolutely. You know, so I think for me I used painting and music um, and I used, I mean, I did even watch TV when I was in the worst times of my yeah. life. I watched Upbeat, G-rated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something to Some make Disney. me have something positive to yeah. cope. But, um, you know, as a perfectionist, as a one on the Enneagram, those yes. who follow it, it's difficult to release yourself. Yeah. To be able to do those things. Mm. And then your creativity with this vlog, like that's that sounds very different. Like that's yes. not a that's not a <laughs> it's not your own internal processing, it's and it's not es- escaping from into joy and mm. into so like what is that for you? Was um, it? I mean, I think it's both. Like you know, I actually think a part of it is my deep internal things because right. our children have been a vehicle for our healing. 
Yeah. And like my husband has got a gift in capturing it through mm-hmm. video. Wow. These little moments that we all have with different people and he just has a video camera or a little phone out. Um, this deep love and appreciation and this pulsing of a life that our children share. Um, so that feels deep. And, mm. and even how we decided to craft our vlog, you know, mm. when we had this idea, um, we actually, because we're building, we built this tiny house bus. We, uh, you did build we, it? We did build it. Uh-huh. We're living in it. Oh, great. <laughs> we're touring You're New Zealand. You're living in it and touring New Zealand. Yeah. Is this what the vlog is? Like, yeah, at the moment. It, it, yeah, that's our vlog at the moment. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a family doing it in it. <laughs> that just sounds crazy. It is. <laughs> and there are moments in the week where I'm like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> um, but it's been, so we moved in on December. It was a you know, it's been a huge journey just build, finishing that project. But mm. we were actually years ago watching a family who lived in a bus and he'd had PTSD and they decided to sell everything and build a bus and move in and spend. they spent two years travelling and they built a, um, a huge YouTube following and they had a patron community and they lived off this. And I said to Tim one day, like, this idea, like, you know, let's share our story. And But then what, from that to sharing it was such a huge creative process. Yeah. And soul searching, like it's my children, it's their vulnerability. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that how we've crafted what we show is probably, um, our, where our creativity and and I think probably mm. the biggest creative part of it is my husband because he mm. does the editing. Mm. Um. And we have this amazing musician, um, Casper Baby Pants, who's a children's musician. Casper Baby Pants. He used to Where do be I know that well. Name? He used to be from the Presidents of the United States. Oh really? And he makes amazing kids music. Yeah. Right. And he's given us all his music for free. Wow. Um, so our pretty much his music and our vlog are like this perfect marriage for Casper the vibe. Baby pants. And it's it. like upbeat, quirky, interesting. Like he's just. Yeah. Um, so my husband has a lot, like when he edits the vlog, he just smiles the whole time laughing. So the, the vlog for you guys, the choice to do that is, is it a choice to communicate your story? Is it a choice for your own mm. creative process and creative? Is it, why did you want to do mm. that in the first place? Um, I think perhaps um, there's a few reasons. So like the one reason is sort of what I've been saying is I believe that, you know, one thing is, you know, when you've had a, a lot of need, when you've needed other people, one, yeah. it's a terrible feeling. Yeah. Um, and to need people continually, you get continually hurt, disappointed, because your needs are so great mm. when you're suffering. Um, and then, you know, sometimes people say things to you like, don't worry, you'll pay it back or make these comments. And a few years ago, I just had this realisation that I didn't need to say sorry for the help mm. because, you know, mutuality, we all, we give, we share meaning. Mm. We share purpose. A lot of people have everything yet don't have a meaning, mm. don't know what they need to do, feel lost and dissatisfied. Mm. Um, and I have a little joke with some of my f- parent friends at our writing for the disabled class. We're like, we want to put an ad in the paper and say, do you need some meaning? Like, come hang out with our family because yeah. we need a break. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have so much purpose and yeah. so much meaning. Yeah. Um, and so I guess this, this almost owning that I felt in myself a few years ago and not feeling ashamed for needing help, but knowing that we are providing a gift, mm. um, knowing my ch- you know, when our neighbours have got to know my kids. Mm. Um, you know, our one son um, couldn't use a walker mm. and we tried all these different walkers and I'm very determined. Thankfully, I am. You know, it's 
you know, and I called different companies and I mm. got different trials and none of it worked. Wow. And so then our other son, the benefits of having two kids moving <laughs> walkers, <laughs> got this new walker. Yeah. And we had a friend visiting and her daughter is spun a bifida and she's like, can we try your new walker? So we're trying it and the neighbours and the kids are all out. And my one son, um, River, who couldn't use a walker, crawled over to it. And I'm like, oh, I can't use it. But I'll let him, I'll get him up. You know, I kept doing it. Yeah. And he gets up and it's the hardest walker you can use. No straps forward facing and he walks for 20 minutes i mean the kids are running out there's crying there's yelling the joy that we all got to experience um is like one of the reasons as well like i felt like us sharing our vlog is a gift Mm. um because nothing is taken for granted when you've had everything stripped back um everything is just celebrated so yeah that was my one reason Mm. um we want to take people on a journey with us. We, mm. we uh, I guess, having two kids with cerebral palsy, we are trying new interventions and mm. stuff. But, you know, this idea of sharing it with the world and mm. seeing where that will take us mm. feels like what we should do. And um, I guess then the advocacy side of me is showing difference in a dignified manner. Mm. Um, and, you know, show, you know, I'd never seen a child in a wheelchair before I'd had my kids. Wow. Um, and so, you know, sometimes you ask where where are all the people with disabilities? Yeah. And, you know, then you ask these deeper questions around accessibility and the world that we've created. Um, and, you know, one of the best comments I've ever gotten back on our vlog was a parent saying, I have courage to yeah. use our walker. Wow. Seeing you guys, it makes me teary. But, you know, I, I wrote back saying, I need your courage, you know, like... To, to face the world, mm. you know, knowing that our children are different and, um, you know, they wear their vulnerability out on the outside. Yeah. Um, they don't have a choice. Yeah. Um, they, don't, they don't fully aren't always aware of any of the negativity. Mm. Um, and, you know, the cool thing, again, about children and disability is they break through so many of those barriers. Mm. You know, I'm actually, I sometimes joke, I mean, I shouldn't joke now that I've got a YouTube channel, we could do this. I used to joke that I want to put a camera on our kids' heads <laughs> when we used to, sounds terrible, when they <laughs> used their walkers and we would go to, like, our local hardware store because mm. the reception they receive from people mm. is so beautiful. Mm. Like, the nana's going, you can do it, and, you know, like, you get to see the most beautiful side of people. Yeah. And sometimes not. And sometimes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I struggle with. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm. It's it's a really hard and beautiful story. And mm. it all, like, that. Just that's just so your life, isn't it? Like, yeah. everything's extremely hard and then there's extreme beauty yes, yeah. in it all. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And just, you know, for us being present where we are now because we're in, you know, we don't know. I, I know people tell me, you know, it gets harder or... You know, you hear all these things with disability, but... It's harder or easier. Harder. harder. You hear all these things. Harder. I don't know. You can never live like that, though, because <sighs> no. I think surely nothing can be harder than having a child in ICU. Um, yeah, but anyway, that's why we started the vlog. Mm. You know, wanting to share us, wanting, you know, wanting to share all the joy. And um, and then, you know, I am, you know, deep down, you wouldn't know, maybe I am a hard, uh, ardent advocate yeah. But knowing like how do we how do we do that story well too? Yeah. Because there's so much I want to say. Yeah. And yeah. um to advocate for those with Yeah, around disability. Yeah. yeah. And also holding this tension that we are so lucky. Our children 
we live in a country where we have no debt because of their medical needs. Wow, you know, we have free amazing. equipment. We have free physio. Like, you know, I always think I need to hold this tension. And, um, you know, sometimes people say to me things like, like, oh, poor you or poor them. And I'm like, what? They're so lucky. Like, mm. we're, they're amazing. They've mm. overcome so much. Mm. And we live in a country that gives us that opportunity. Mm. Maybe not for everyone because we have friends in New Zealand with disabilities who have way less than we have. Right. Um, like, it's a very unfair world. Yeah, well, because they're at a different, in a different place in society. Because yep. they're, right. They don't have a strong advocate next to them. Yeah. You know, they lose a parent. Yeah. And suddenly they've got no advocate. Wow. You know, yeah. Your, I'm just wondering where your spirituality mm. comes into all this. So you um, have grown up part of Christian tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, this has got to shatter <laughs> for most people. I have no idea for you, but what was in turn any experiences of trauma and of massive things like this Mm. I I think um, shatters a lot of what was in our spirituality and how we Mm. have seen the world in the past was it the same for you or what is (laughs) what's that journey been for you yeah I mean I've sort of um, my husband and I have had a really interesting eight years Um, we at one point about seven years ago actually lived in a slum community in Southeast Asia. Mm. We're both doing aid and development work and we had a huge deconstruction period living amongst people who had such tricky, difficult lives. Um, And I've experienced hard spaces in personal life and family life. Um, But, yeah, I mean, (laughs) when it's your child on the line, I mean, you know, like I do feel like I'm completely... I was, I've been completely disintegrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, And yet the things I hold now, mm. not many, mm. um, feel so true and beautiful. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think I probably don't have a lot of word answers. Yeah. You know, I can't give an apologetic answer to suffering. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. don't need to. No. Um, and I don't need one. Yeah. Um, but I know things. Like I feel like I know pain is sacred. Um, I know that um, love is the greatest force in the world. Um, I know that there is like, you know, I have this moment. Um, I know that the spirit of God, of love has been with me. Um, yeah, I don't know how, or, you know, it's, it's so vague. <laughs> It's, statements it's uh, it's real though like it's so real in you it's not vague it's actually real what <laughs> um, was the moment no, you said you had the moment i had this moment um and it's a terrible moment but i it's been reframed for me so i can i can't share all of my terrible moments but um we were at the end of a at the end of maybe a year and three months of just continual medical trauma and my son had a seizure in front of us and just you know turned blue and I mean, it's one of the many times that he's had this death type, almost death type, you know, I thought this was it. Mm. Um, and the ambulance came, and we're in the ambulance, and we're going in, and he was okay, but they didn't know why. They thought, you know, he was having a... You know, he had a hypo, so, you know, very dangerous to have a hypo. Um, and thankfully the ambulance came when they did, and they got his kidneys going and blah, blah, mm. blah. But um, 
I was just sitting in ED and it was the, I was at, I was at the end of myself after being at the end of myself a hundred times. Mm. And I had this like epiphany, like that I am the blessed one, mm. that I get to be front row to this love story. Mm. And you know, that for me is, that's my faith. That's my spiritual journey. That like, what, where does that come from? Where does that sense of sacredness when I was at the total end of myself. Mm. And so, like, sometimes people go through phases where they can't see God. You know, those who've had a Christian faith and experienced God in one way. And I remember a year ago hearing someone say that, and I thought, I see God every day in my children. Because, mm. you know, and I, I really do. Like, mm. it's not something I tell myself. It's a literal... The gift of pain, mm. the gift of suffering is things are sacred. Mm. Yeah. We don't like to hear those words, the gift, <laughs> the gift of pain in our society, mm. do we? Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. I think like I sometimes want to shout from the rooftops. I'll shout through the podcast like, like what is meaning? I don't know. I've always had this deep desire for meaning and like it is in the pain, it's in the walking towards, it's in the facing, mm. it's in the walking through. Um, yet there's the life there and the mm. gift there. And like, how could I ever say that what happened to my children was meant to be? Like, I would never even mm. speak like that. Like, yeah. it's like, what's, you know, once you've seen certain things, you just can't use that language. Yeah. Um, yet I feel like for me, the Christian tradition has so much to offer in the in the resurrection mm. in that from death when the seed is totally dead mm. life can come mm. like you know those are the stories that I think need to be shared um, and you know our vlog doesn't you know is not that deep in like this way but I hope that that Casper baby pants <laughs> Casper baby pants we should have a talk and he can do some of this deep stuff um, yeah I think it's just that um, I hope as well that, you know, the story and the joy that my children bring shares the other side of the pain and, um, and the, the death that we have faced um, and the, yeah, all those things. And I hope that to other families who are at the beginning of these stories mm. that I do not discredit their pain and we, because, mm. you know, we do not show it all. We do not show and we do not bring that story, but I hope the joy of who my children are mm. gives hope. I get really, um, I don't, I find it really tricky when the medical world will tell new parents this terrible news about labels mm. and define a child's life mm. with a label. And I just, again, want to shout from the rooftops, it's a human. Mm. This is a person mm. who you are going to love whose love for you will be different than what you've imagined. Like mm. when our deaf son, when he hadn't, didn't, because he's got cochlear implants, so he hears now. Right. When he was deaf, he used to look at the trees, you know, with his breathing machine on with such wonder mm. that I started looking at the trees differently. Wow. You know, like this face of expression and seeing what I couldn't see. Um, you know, I do, I used to, I sometimes say to people, I feel like the luckiest person in the world. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And broken. And the mm. most broken. Mm. Yeah. Is this too deep? This is wonderful. <laughs> this is so wonderful. 
so maybe to finish, what do you what do you say to people who are in similar situations, and maybe maybe not even similar situations, just people who are in that uh, reality of life, and it's hitting them hard. What do mm. you say to people as someone who that has been and is still your life right now, mm. around them, around creativity, around mm. whatever you want to say? What do you want to tell people? Mm. I guess I, I, with our vlog, you know, and with what we're trying to share, my hope is we speak into this bigger story, like what I was saying before, for everybody um, uh, who is, you know, facing tricky times or bad mental health or um, I guess about reawakening to life. Mm. Um, but my message to people who are in dark spaces is... Um, I mean that. I mean, I'm not going to take, put you in, rush you ahead. You know, one of the things I struggled the most with um, is language. Mm. When I was in the in my dark nights um, of just survival, is language could be so cutting, mm. um, and I was so sensitive. You know, and I think I didn't even know you could be so sensitive to people because I was, you know, um, so broken. And so I think um, I would never, t- I think it's to face that, uh, to be in that space. Um, and, you know, one thing that got me through, it's such a corny thing. <laughs> um, you know, this one mantra that has gotten me through so much is I did just tell myself, you're stronger than you know you are. Mm. You know, to see your strength, even in your disintegration. Mm. Um, and I think that perhaps the uniqueness of when it is your child is you do have a very strong call to get up again, um, and to every day because their needs are so pressing. Mm. So it has been a little bit of my redemption. And I sometimes wonder if my children had made it, how I would get up again. Mm. And I have friends in that situation. Um, so I don't offer, I don't have any answers, I think, other than um, to be sad and to find people who can sit with you. Mm. And they may not be the people who you imagine and they most probably won't be. Mm. And that words will hurt so much. Um, and if you need to, to go away from those words, that's okay too. Um, just allowing yourself to look after yourself Um and then I think there is a, there is though eventually a call to life again. Mm. And when that call comes, you know, the hope, the thing, the way I see it is like living a life with arms wide open. Um, that's sort of how I, you know, I love Brene Brown. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all do. We all do. I mean, there's got to be someone who doesn't like <laughs> Brene Brown, but I haven't met them as yeah. well. Yeah, you know, I guess that's. That's perhaps, you know, I, I, that's, I think, where we can land. And mm. I haven't fully landed there, but I each day do have this picture of landing there. And it doesn't mean the pain didn't matter. Mm. And it doesn't mean that it's over. It doesn't mean that you're fully healed. But new life does rise.
Thank you so much mm. for being on this podcast and sharing thanks, thanks. your story and your creativity with thanks. us. Where can where can people find Ordinary Extraordinary? That's right. That's what it's so yeah. it's youtube.com um, forward slash Ordinary Extraordinary. Great. That's it. Um, and we are also on Instagram, The Ord Extraord, or you can just search Ordinary Extraordinary. Yeah, cool. But YouTube is really our thing. Yeah. Um, so check it out. That's great. Oh, I cannot tell you how much I love interviewing these amazing people. Please do, as I said at the start of the podcast, uh, go and have a look at their stuff. And if you can support them, that would be really amazing. I know that they would be so blessed and honored by that. Um, what a beautiful, wonderful family. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Deep Place podcast. This episode has been sponsored by Whitley College, a theology college in Melbourne, Australia, uh, that encourages people to ask these hard questions, stuff around suffering like we've been talking about uh, in this episode today, not to come to the answer, but our need to talk about these deep realities of life, even when there is no answer. So go check out whitley.edu.au. Now, for those of you astute enough, perhaps you've realized that we never got to the name changing, why Jess changed her name to Dove London uh, from London because we totally forgot about it. So I chased Jess up about it because I wanted to know and she sent me back a little audio file. So if you listen now, you're going to hear a little extra explanation about her name change. Yeah, um, so when I got married, originally I did change my name as um, a lot of people do and I was quite young when I got married and I, at the time Tim and I kind of didn't want to do that but... We got, we had a pretty short engagement. Um, we were living overseas and anyway, we decided just to change my, me change my name, but it was something I've always regretted. Um, I really believe in valuing where women come from and, and as I've gotten older, become more and more of a feminist in that way. So when I had our, when I was pregnant, I felt like it was an opportunity for us to change our name and to teach our children really practically that it matters where women come from. And so, yeah, we changed our name from London to Dove London. And um, I actually went with my mother's maiden name, um, really practically probably, because my maiden name was really long. It was Vandermerva, um, and my mum's was Dove. And, yeah, and it's also valuing where my mum comes from, even though, um, yeah, I actually would have probably liked to have my original maiden name because it's very South African and that's a part of who I am. Anyway, we're now the Dove Londons, and it's quite nice because across our different New Zealand communities and connections, we're known as the Dove Londons, and that's obviously our name now. Um, yeah, and it felt quite significant, I think, in hindsight, um, having such a difficult um, period after the children were born, just their story being so, so tricky and so medically hard. And the changing of the name for us all just felt like this embracing of this really new season. And, um, yeah, life is never the same. We'll, as ne we'll never be the same again for Tim and I. And uh, we know it in many ways. But changing of the name, yeah. This has been another episode of the Deep Place podcast.